Chapter 3, verses 1 through 18 of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Mark, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. Theophylact, after confounding the Jews who had blamed his disciples for pulling the ears of corn on the Sabbath day, by the example of David, the Lord, now further bringing them to the truth, works a miracle on the Sabbath, showing that if it is a pious deed to work miracles on the Sabbath for the health of men, it is not wrong to do on the Sabbath things necessary for the body. He says, therefore, and he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. Bede, for since he had defended the breaking of the Sabbath, which they objected to his disciples by an approved example, now they wish by watching him to calumniate him, that they might accuse him of a transgression, if he cured on the Sabbath, of cruelty or of folly, if he refused. It goes on, and he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand in the midst, pseudo Chrysostom. He placed him in the midst, that they might be frightened at the sight, and on seeing him compassionate him, and lay aside their malice. Bede, and anticipating the calumny of the Jews, which they had prepared for him, he accused them of violating the precepts of the law by a wrong interpretation. Wherefore there follows, and he saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day, or to do evil? And this he asks, because they thought that on the Sabbath they were to rest even from good works, whilst the law commands to abstain from bad, saying, Ye shall do no servile work therein. That is sin. For whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. What he first says, to do good on the Sabbath day, or to do evil, is the same as what he afterwards adds, to save a life or to lose it, that is, to cure a man or not. Not that God, who is in the highest degree good, can be the author of perdition to us, but that his not saving is in the language of Scripture to destroy. But if it be asked, wherefore the Lord, being about to cure the body, asked about the saving of the soul, let him understand either that in the common way of Scripture, the soul is put for the man, as it is said, all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob, or because he did those miracles for the saving of a soul, or because the healing itself of the hand signified the saving of the soul. Augustine, but someone may wonder how Matthew could have said that they themselves asked the Lord if it was lawful to heal on the Sabbath day, when Mark rather relates that they were asked by our Lord, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day, or to do evil? 
Therefore we must understand that they first asked the Lord if it was lawful to heal on the Sabbath day, then that understanding their thoughts, and that they were seeking an opportunity to accuse him, he placed in the middle of them whom he was about to cure, and put those questions which Mark and Luke relate. We must then suppose that when they were silent, he propounded the parable of the sheep, and concluded that it was lawful to do good on the Sabbath day. It goes on, but they were silent, Pseudochrysostom, for they knew that he would certainly cure him. It goes on, and looking round about upon them with anger, is looking round upon them in anger, and being saddened at the blindness of their hearts, is fitting for his humanity, which he deigned to take upon himself for us. He connects the working of the miracle with the word, which proves that the man is cured by his voice alone. It follows, therefore, and he stretched it out, and his hand was restored, answering by all these things for his disciples, and at the same time showing that his life is above the law. Bede. But mystically the man with a withered hand shows the human race, tried up as to its fruitfulness in good works, but now cured by the mercy of God. The hand of man, which in our first parent had been dried up when he plucked the fruit of the forbidden tree, through the grace of the Redeemer, who stretched his guiltless hands on the tree of the cross, has been restored to health by the juices of good works. Well, too, was it in the synagogue that the hand was withered, for where the gift of knowledge is greater, there also the danger of inexcusable guilt is greater. Pseudo-Jerome, or else it means the avarice, who being able to give had rather receive, and love robbery rather than making gifts. And they are commanded to stretch forth their hands, that is, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hand, the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Theophylact, or he has his right hand withered, who does not the works which belong to the right side. For from the time that our hand is employed in forbidden deeds, from that time it is withered to the working of good but it will be restored whenever it stands firm in virtue. Wherefore Christ saith, Arise, that is from sin, and stand in the midst, that thus it may stretch itself forth, neither too little or too much. Verses 6 through 12. And the Pharisees went forth, and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. But Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him, and from Judea, and from Jerusalem, and from Idumea, and from beyond the Jordan, and they about Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they had heard what great things he did, came unto him. And he spake to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him, because of the multitude, lest they should throng him. For he had healed many, insomuch that they pressed upon him for to touch him, as many as had plagues. And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him, and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. And he straightly charged them that they should not make him known. Bede. The Pharisees, thinking it a crime, that the word of the Lord, the hand which was diseased, was restored to a sound state. 
agreed to make a pretext of the words spoken by our Savior. Wherefore it is said that the Pharisees went forth, and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. As if every one amongst them did not greater things on the Sabbath day, carrying food, reaching forth a cup, and whatever else is necessary for meals. Neither could he who said, and it was done, be convicted of toiling on the Sabbath day. Theophylact, but the soldiers of Herod, the king, are called Herodians, because a certain new heresy had sprung up, which asserted that Herod was the Christ. For the prophecy of Jacob intimated that when the princes of Judah failed, then Christ should come, because therefore in the time of Herod none of the Jewish princes remained, and he an alien was the sole ruler. Some thought that he was the Christ, and set on foot this heresy. These, therefore, were with the Pharisees trying to kill Christ. Bede, or else he calls Herodians the servants of Herod the Tetrarch, who on account of the hatred which their Lord had for John, pursued with treachery and hate the Savior also, whom John preached. It goes on, but Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea. He fled from their treachery, because the hour of his passion had not yet come, and no place away from Jerusalem was proper for his passion, by which also he gave an example to his disciples, when they suffer persecution in one city, to flee to another. Theophylact, at the same time again he goes away, that by quitting the ungrateful he might do good to more, for many followed him and he healed them, for there follows in a great multitude from Galilee, etc., Syrians and Sidonians, being foreigners, receive benefit from Christ, but his kindred, the Jews, persecute him. Thus there is no profit in relationship, if there be not a similarity in goodness. Bede, for the strangers followed him, because they saw the works of his powers, and in order to hear the words of his teaching. But the Jews, induced solely by their opinion of his powers, in the vast multitude come to hear him, and to beg for his aiding health. Wherefore there follows, and he spake to his disciples, that they should wait, etc. Theophylact, consider then how he hid his glory, for he begs for a little ship, lest the crowd should hurt him, so that entering into it he might remain unharmed. It follows, as many as had scourges, etc. But he means by scourges diseases, for God scourges us, as a father does his children. Bede, both therefore fell down before the Lord, those who had the plagues of bodily diseases, and those who were vexed by unclean spirits. The sick did this simply with the intention of obtaining health, but the demoniacs, or rather the devils within them, because under the mastery of a fear of God, they were compelled not only to fall down before him, but also to praise his majesty. Wherefore it goes on, and they cried out, saying, Thou art the Son of God. And here we must wonder at the blindness of the Arians, who, after the glory of his resurrection, deny the Son of God, whom the devils confess to be the Son of God, though still clothed with human flesh. There follows, and he straightly charged them that they should not make him known. For God said to the sinner, Why dost thou preach my laws? A sinner is forbidden to preach the Lord, 
lest anyone listening to his preaching should follow him in his error. For the devil is an evil master, who always mingles false things with true, that the semblance of truth may cover the witness of fraud. But not only devils, but persons healed by Christ, and even the apostles are ordered to be silent concerning him before the passion, lest by the preaching of the majesty of his divinity the economy of his passion should be retarded. But allegorically, in the Lord's coming out of the synagogue and then retiring to the sea, he prefigured the salvation of the Gentiles, to whom he deigned to come through their faith, having quitted the Jews on account of their perfidy. For the nations, driven about in diverse bypaths of error, are fully compared to the unstable sea. Again, a great crowd from various provinces followed him, because he has received with kindness many nations, who come to him through the preaching of the apostles. But the ship waiting upon the Lord in the sea is the church, collected from amongst the nations, and he goes into it, lest the crowd should throng him. Because flying from the troubled minds of carnal persons, he delights to come to those who despise the glory of this world, and to dwell within them. Further, there is a difference between thronging the Lord and touching him, for they throng him when by carnal thoughts and deeds they trouble peace, in which truth dwells, but he touches him who by faith and love has received him into his heart. Wherefore those who touch him are said to have been saved. Theophylact. Morally again, the Herodians, that is, persons who love the lusts of the flesh, wish to slay Christ. For the meaning of Herod is of skin, but those who quit their country, that is, our carnal mode of living, follow Christ, and their plagues are healed, that is, the sins which wound their conscience. But Jesus in us is our reason, which commands that our vessel, that is, our body, should serve him, lest the troubles of worldly affairs should press upon our reason. Verses 13 through 19. And he goeth up into a mountain, and calleth unto him whom he would. And they came unto him, and he ordained twelve, that they should be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach, and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. And Simon he surnamed Peter, and James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James. And he surnamed them Boanerges, which is sons of thunder and Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James the son of Alphaeus, and Theodius, and Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him. Bede. After having forbidden the evil spirits to preach him, he chose holy men to cast out the unclean spirits, and to preach the gospel. Wherefore it is said, And he went up into a mountain, etc. Theophylact. Luke, however, says that he went up to pray, for after the showing forth of miracles he prays, teaching us that we should give thanks when we obtain anything good, and refer it to divine grace. Pseudo-Chrysostom, he also instructs the prelates of the church to pass the night in prayer before they ordain that their office be not impeded. When, therefore, according to Luke, it was day, he called whom he would, for there were many who followed him. Bede, for it was not a matter of their choice and zeal, but of divine condescension and grace, that they should be called to the apostleship. 
the mount also in which the lord chose his apostles shows the lofty righteousness in which they were to be instructed in which they were about to preach to men pseudo jerome more spiritually christ is the mount from which living waters flow and milk is procured for the health of infants whence the spiritual feast of fat things is made known and whatsoever is believed to be most highly good is established by the grace of that mountain those therefore who are highly exalted in merits and in words are called up into a mountain that the place may correspond to the loftiness of their merits it goes on and they came unto him etc for the lord loved the beauty of jacob that they might sit upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of israel who also in bands of threes and fours watch around the tabernacle of the lord and carry the holy words of the lord bearing them forward on their actions as men do burdens on their shoulders Bede, for as the sacrament of this the children of israel once used to encamp about the tabernacle so that on each of the four sides of the square three tribes were stationed now three times four are twelve and in four bands of three the apostles were sent to preach that through the four quarters of the whole world they might baptize the nations in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost it goes on and he gave them power etc that is in order that the greatness of their deeds might bear witness to the greatness of their heavenly promises and that they who preached unheard of things might do unheard of actions theophylact further he gives the names of the apostles that the true apostles might be known so that men might avoid the false and therefore continues and simon he surnamed cephas augustine but let no one suppose that simon now received his name and was called peter for thus he would make mark contrary to john who relates that it had been long before said unto him thou shalt be called cephas but mark gives this account by way of recapitulation for as he wished to give the names of the twelve apostles and was obliged to call him peter his object was to intimate briefly that he was not called this originally but that the lord gave him that name Bede. and the reason that the lord willed that he should at first be called otherwise was that from the change itself of the name a mystery might be conveyed to us peter then in latin or in greek means the same thing as cephas in hebrew and in each language the name is drawn from a stone nor can it be doubted that is the rock of which paul spoke and this rock was christ for as christ was the true light and allowed also that the apostles should be called the light of the world so also to simon who believed on the rock christ he gave the name of rock pseudo jerome thus from obedience which simon signifies the ascent is made to knowledge which is meant by peter it goes on and james the son of zebedee and john his brother bede we must connect this with what went before he goeth up into a mountain and calleth pseudo jerome namely james who has supplanted all the desires of the flesh and john who received by grace what others held by labor there follows and he surnamed them boanerges pseudo chrysostom he called the sons of zebedee by this name 
because they were to spread over the world the mighty and illustrious deeds of the Godhead. Pseudo-Jerome, or by this the lofty merit of the three mentioned above is shown, who merited to hear in the mountain the thunders of the Father, when he proclaimed in thunder through a cloud concerning the Son, This is my beloved Son, that they also, through the cloud of the flesh and the fire of the word, might, as it were, scatter the thunderbolts in rain on the earth, since the Lord turned the thunderbolts into rain, so that mercy extinguishes what judgment sets on fire. It goes on, and Andrew who manfully does violence to perdition, so that he had ever ready within him his own death, to give as an answer, and his soul was ever in his hands. Bede. For Andrew is a Greek name, which means manly, from anir, that is, man, for he manfully adhered to the Lord. There follows in Philip, pseudo-Jerome, or the mouth of a lamp, that is, one who can throw light by his mouth upon what he has conceived in his heart, to whom the Lord gave the opening of a mouth, which diffused light. We know that this mode of speaking belongs to Holy Scripture, for Hebrew names are put down in order to imitate a mystery. There follows and Bartholomew, which means the son of him who suspends the waters. Of him, that is, who said, I will also command the clouds, that they rain no rain upon it. But the name of Son of God is obtained by peace and loving one's enemy. For blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the sons of God. And love your enemies, that ye may be the sons of God. There follows in Matthew, that is, given, to whom it is given by the Lord, not only to obtain remission of sins, but to be enrolled in the number of the apostles. And Thomas, which means abyss, for men who have knowledge by the power of God, put forward many deep things. It goes on, and James the son of Alphaeus, that is, of the learned, or the thousandth, besides whom a thousand will fall. This other James is he whose wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness. There follows Anthadius, that is, Corculum, which means he who guards the heart, one who keeps his heart in all watchfulness. Bede. But Thaddeus is the same person as Luke calls in the Gospel in the Acts Jude of James, for he was the brother of James, the brother of the Lord, as he himself has written in his epistle. There follows, and Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. He has added this by way of distinction from Simon Peter, and Jude the brother of James. Simon is called the Canaanite from Cana, a village of Galilee, and Judas Iscariotus, from the village from which he had his origin, or he is so called from the tribe of Issachar, Theophylact, whom he reckons amongst the apostles, that we may learn that God does not repel any man for wickedness, which is future, but counts him worthy on account of his present virtue. Pseudo-Jerome. But Simon is interpreted laying aside sorrow, for blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And he is called Canaanite, that is, zealot, because the zeal of the Lord ate him up. But Judas Iscariot is one who does not do away his sins by repentance, for Judas means boaster or vainglorious, and Iscariot the memory of death. 
but many are the proud and vainglorious confessors in the church, as Simon Magus and Arius and other heretics, whose death-like memory is celebrated in the church, that it may be avoided. End of chapter 3, verses 1 through 18.